Ladies and gentlemen, I am Chris Featherstone. This is the All In Post Wrestling Inc. podcast. Um, very, very happy to host the show tonight uh, with Raj Geary, as always. And we have from Views from the Turnbuckle, the, the weekly column we have here at Wrestling Inc., Jesse Collings. How are you tonight, Jesse? I'm do- doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. How about you, Raj? Chris, I am rolling. How are you? <laughs> I uh I'm exhausted watching uh all in but uh it was it was a good exhaustion uh, so we'll we'll talk about that uh, throughout the podcast tonight so uh let's hop right into it uh we had the uh Jesse uh you wanted to elaborate on the zero hour over budget battle royal that uh Flip Gordon for all these weeks he was all out he was having an all out party and he didn't win his uh mixed tag match and uh, everybody thought that uh, he was going to be all out, but he ended up winning the uh, the over budget battle royal to be all in. So, uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so they had two matches on the pre-show, and I thought the pre-show was fine, but it was very much a pre-show. They had two matches, but they had a lot of the hype videos. They had a lot of advertisements. They kept telling you how you could buy it on pay-per-view. So it was very much the kind of stereotypical pre-show. The battle royal I thought was really good because, in general, I think the battle royal is kind of an outdated match stipulation a lot of times they're not very good it's just a bunch of guys in the ring the fans can't see what's happening until the very end Mm -hmm. but they did a really good job with this battle royal as far as having letting each guy in the match or in the case of jordan grace a girl have their own little moment and have their interaction they had a good mix of you know indie guys they had guys like billy gunn and uh, shane helms as the hurricane so kind of that nostalgia thing and i thought it came across really well it was probably as good of a battle royal as you could do and they did the finish with um flip gordon unmasking himself and eliminating bully ray which was kind of predictable i think the whole storyline was that Flip Gordon was going to somehow end up on the show, but the yeah. fans loved it. So I think you can't really complain about it. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the, the other match, which is um, uh, SCU against uh, the Briscoes? Yeah, it was, it was the first match on the show and it was the kind of match you would want to open up a show. It wasn't a main event level match, but the crowd really liked SCU. They're, they're a group of guys who've seen their stock rise a lot by being on being the elite. Yeah. And the Briscoes came in as heels. They're very dependable. These teams work well together. It was a solid wrestling match. It wasn't the best match on the show, but it was what you would want to see out of a, a, a pre-show opener. And the crowd was hot for it right from the beginning, which was nice to see. Yeah. And, you know, you can't oh, can always – I was going to say just Daniels and Kazarian. I mean, they're always safe, a safe bet to, to go against. Anyways. Yeah, it was, it was Scorpio Sky and Kazarian. And yeah. they did a Daniel lot of stuff. Stephen Mel, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They had um, – they had done like these really uh, interesting, like uh, Rocky Four parodies. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Rocky Four parody or Rocky Three parody on YouTube, and they kind of played into that by um, Scorpio Sky coming out dressed as Apollo Creed, and there was that kind of stuff. And they did a good job hyping the match, and it was, yeah, like I said, both both teams, veteran, solid work, yeah. got the yeah. crowd involved. What you what you want out of a opening match? Yeah, so 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 people wonder why we're not talking about this. Me and Chris were not able to catch the uh, the pre-show. I had a prior engagement, um, and uh, Chris had a hard time uh, getting the stream going for for the for the pre-show. So uh, so Jesse uh, was the only one. Uh, real quick before we're uh, going match by match in the main card, just general thoughts. What were you guys' thoughts on uh, All In as a whole? Uh, Chris, why not? Why don't you start? Um, I think it was uh, I think it was like Wrestle Kingdom on steroids. 
honestly. <laughs> and, and that's and that's a good thing. Um I'm I'm real big. I'm 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 old school and, and, and I've you know I've been on the podcast enough for people to know that I'm a big old school fan, but at the same time, this wasn't traditional, but I do like the fact that they brought a lot of tradition in uh, the pay-per-view overall, bringing, you know, having even Glacier coming out with Cody, you know what I mean? Lanny Poffo coming out with with uh, Black Machismo or Jay Lethal. I like how they integrated the the generations of wrestling within the show. And one subtle thing that I really, really liked was and Cornette talked about this before how when he was working with WWE he hated that the lights were just totally up all the time even showing the crowd and he said that Bruce Pritchard basically said that he Vince wanted the lights to stay on uh in order to you know catch the fans reactions any signs and things like that I love the fact that they dimmed the lights uh similar to how New Japan did it so just those little subtle things really it was a home run for me Jesse? Yeah, if it was I thought it was a really good show. It wasn't the best show I saw this year. It probably wasn't the best show I saw this summer. But if you were tuning in and you were expecting I want to see a good entertaining wrestling show, this was that. And I think in the last few weeks maybe the expectations got a little too big for it. Maybe people were start thinking it was going to be the best show ever and if the fact that it wasn't will be disappointing to some people. But I think if your expectations were to see a good show, then this was that. And I think it's unfair to expect it to be this unbelievable show that every match was amazing and it had all these five-star matches and all stuff like that because that's completely unrealistic to expect. But I think overall the show was was a strong show. And I think the most important thing for it was that it had to be entertaining, it had to move quick enough, and it had to satisfy the fans who were in attendance. Because the, the only thing that I think could really sink the show was, was just the live fans turned on it and it was this big bomb. But they were able to keep them engaged. The fans were hot right up through the main event. And I think that will be big for potentially drawing 10,000 fans to another show next year because you satisfied the fans at the arena. Yeah. I mean, I looked at this like, um, you know, looking at it objectively, I thought as a, as a wrestling show, uh, just overall as a wrestling show, TakeOver was better. SummerSlam was better just as a wrestling show. But for what this was um, – it reminded me of like ECW One Night Stand when WWE brought it back. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a one-off. It's almost like a gift for the fans. Uh, it's it's not meant to be uh, anything too serious, right? It's like a fun show. That's uh, that's something fun for the fans. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that's what it was. And I thought it delivered on in all aspects. I thought the match placement was great. The, the main event was definitely rushed. Uh, you could tell they were running out of time. They, were, they like they went right to the finish and they had one minute left as as they mm -hmm. went off the air. But um. Yeah, it's just like one night stand. Like the people that love DCW, I mean, that was for them. And this is for an independent, you know, wrestling fan. And, I, and it's weird to call it independent wrestling now because ROH is old my Sinclair. New yeah. Japan is not an indie. Even Impact, you know, Impact used to do a million viewers each week. So it's it's mm -hmm. kind of weird What's, to what what is independent right yeah, now? Yeah, it's like alternative wrestling, I think. Yeah. Is, I, is I've I've kind of started just being like wrestling outside of wwe because that's what i think most people think about when they think about independent wrestling and it's you know yeah if i think the actual definition is probably if guys are signed to exclusive contracts then it's no longer independent because they're really not independent workers but yeah you're right it's hard to say what is independent and what isn't right so we'll, do, we'll just say alternative wrestling mm -hmm. yeah but um <laughs> and and this this event it opened uh 
it created a new t twist as far as the you know you look at the pro wrestling business as it's been going and you know you had a big big turn when wwe bought wcw you know for the worse in my opinion but it, but it was what it, whatever it was it was what it was and this is another one it just shows where we're at you know you were at a, a a point in time where an independent show i don't think they, they could do it monthly or anything like that right but they were able to sell out an arena in 30 minutes and over 10,000 tickets so it's a very important event you cannot uh you cannot uh you know um what's the word uh take away from their accomplishments but yeah, I think people had too many high expectations. And it's one of those things when people created in their head, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like the Royal Rumble. Like they're like, there were no surprises, or you know, so and so didn't show up. It's like they were never advertised to. Yeah. You you build it up too much in your head. And I think a lot of people did that with all in. Any yeah. not really any big surprises. Chris Jericho uh, was a good surprise, but yeah, I think people were expecting CM Punk and all this stuff. And it's like you know, that stuff's not happening just so just enjoy it for what it is. And I think it was an enjoyable show. It's not one. I would show to my friends, uh, except for me, the last hour. Uh, but it, it was, it was a fun the show. entire Joy Ryan segment out. Yeah, yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, it's well, one of those things that's so stupid, but it works for this audience. Here was yeah. here was the most one of the most interesting things about the show was that in a lot of ways this show was kind of fan service for people yes. of, who watch Being the Elite and everything like that. So if you follow the show, like if I, I was, you know, I loved the Hangman Page Joey Janela match. If you didn't watch Being the Elite, you were probably wondering why the boots were a big deal or why he had a phone or anything like that. Uh, so so for the hardcore fans, it was like, oh yeah, the, of course he has the phone. And, and the whole show was kind of like that. But because this show had so much hype, because it was getting a lot of press coverage, I think there were a lot of people who weren't totally familiar with, you know, being the elite and, and the wrestlers on the show. And if those fans tuned in to see this, this might not have been the show for them because it really wasn't a really good introductor introduction to, you know, what the guys in the show are like and what New Japan or what Ring of Honor is like, because you kind of had to already know a lot of the stuff. And I think that's an interesting balance for if was this show just to celebrate you know their success and all their hardcore fans or was it to promote their brand to a wider audience and it's 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 unclear what that actually is yeah and, and the, you know what i'm not a big fan you know I, they have their audience and you know that's great for that you know the being the lead audience and, and building angles and stuff off of it i don't i'm not a big fan of building matches out of and storylines out of comedy like a comedy sketch mm -hmm. thing it'd be like WrestleMania, the big angles were done on, you know, uh, a Coneheads skit on Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? Like, um, for me, my personal preference, I love wrestling when it's two larger than life personalities that seem like they legitimately hate each other and then they're going to wrestle as opposed to this fun comedy stuff. But then again, this was not the main event, it was lower on the card. I see Hangman Page as a superstar. It seems a little uh, like he, I don't know. I feel like he's a little above that, uh, that kind of crap. But um, you know, I, I wasn't bored. I thought it was kind of cute. I thought the the giant penises was funny. Um, so you know, it's one yeah, of those things. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. None of my friends were there. To, yeah, to yeah that's, right. what I, that's what I said on Twitter. I was like, oh, I really hope no one invited their friends over. Like, oh yeah, come watch all in. It's this new type yes, of wrestling. Right. It's gonna be great. I'm like, my wife and daughters are gonna walk in right yeah. now. We know they are. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, before we go to the match by match, real quick, some something similar to what you both said. For me, it was it was a home run because honestly, my expectations were uh, my expectations weren't very high for this. Honestly, like you know, people were just 
you know, saying this is this is wrestling and I've, you know, waited my whole life for this. I mean, that wasn't my mentality, you know, going into yeah. all in, to be honest. And so my I just said I said this on my podcast on, on Tuesday. People were asking me, like, am I excited about all in? I was like, eh, you know, like, I mean, you know, I, I I respect coding the young bucks for the vision. And, I, and I'm excited about it from a fan standpoint. But I'm not one of those guys who were just like losing sleep from excitement because all in is here, you know, and so. You know, because it exceeded my expectations that way, you know, I mean, it was good. I mean, there was definitely some critiques in which we'll get to here in just a few. Um, and, and you were talking about uh, uh, play, match placement, Raj. Mm -hmm. I, I see. I don't think the I don't think the placement was very good. Um, and we'll get to that in a bit. So let's jump right into the match by match. Let's, do it. Um, let's go with Matt Cross versus MJF. Now, Matt Cross is a big indie guy. I mean, he's uh, been in Lucha Underground. Um He's uh, been around for a while. He was tough enough as well. Uh, didn't make the cut. Uh, I've had him on my show before. He's a uh, um, he's a veteran. He's been he's been around for a long time. So you know, I remember he he tweeted something for about all in about just this being the just the moment for him. Uh, went against MJF. Um, MJF is really starting to become popular in MLW. For those who don't know who MJF is, he actually went against Joey Ryan to become the inaugural uh, middleweight champion in, in uh, MLW. So um, definitely a, a up-and-coming good star. Uh, Roz, what are your thoughts on this match? So I, I came in towards the end. This was when I started, um, mm -hmm. when I got back. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll throw this one to Jesse. Pass the baton to Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, speaking of match placement, I thought actually this was the right spot for the match because I think if you threw this out there, like – you know, sometimes the way WWE does where they'll have like one of their two biggest matches on the show, then they'll have that kind of in-between match where the crowd is dead or they have to have a recovery period. So they throw out like a random tag match. But so if you put this match out later in the card, like say you threw it in after Okada and Skrull and before the Bucks uh, in Rey Mysterio match, then maybe the crowd wouldn't have been into it. But since it was the opening match, the crowd was into it. I think in some ways this this show was a celebration of independent wrestling. And alternative Matt, wrestling. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Matt <laughs> Cross. New hashtag, is, Matt Cross. <laughs> Matt Cross, who he does wrestle as Son of Havoc in Lucha Underground, mm -hmm, if you don't right. know. And he's been around, like as Chris said, he's been around a really long time. He's, I think he's really talented, but he hasn't really gotten his break. He hasn't been a big star in Ring of Honor. He hasn't really worked for New Japan or that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He's a veteran of the independent scene. MJF is kind of the other spectrum of that. He's a young guy starting to begin his his rise through the independence and i think in some ways it's fitting to have those kind of guys on this show because at the end of the day it is a celebration of independent wrestling and guys who have had success outside of wwe so while these aren't the biggest most well-named stars in the show and they shouldn't be in the main event or anything like that i think it was fine to have them on the show and they did a fine job yeah yeah you know as far as match placement what i mean is like as far as importance and quality goes and uh because if this was a wwe show they probably would have opened with like uh you know uh okada uh, versus Skrull, mm -hmm. you know, so something hot to really get the crowd going. Uh, I don't know if this match was it or not. Again, I, I missed uh, most of it. So um, I think this was going to be an easy crowd anyway to get going. The people yeah, yeah. people that fly to shows don't fly to shows to remain silent. So I think with such a large fly-in crowd that these people are going to be making noise, even if the show they didn't really like the match. So I don't think See, that was I'm a not, problem. I'm not a really I'm not I'm not really a big fan of WWE's 
style match placement, honestly. I'm, I, me neither. I, 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 I don't think, think that. I, I think it should crescendo. I, I think that I, I think that like an MJF Matt Cross, like because I think of like boxing or MMA, right? So I think of like you know prelims, and I think just as far as like your big money matches should be top heavy, you know. And I think that kind of like for this right here, I think Matt Cross and MJF was a perfect placement because, like you said, Jesse, you're already going to have a hot crowd. You're in Chicago; it's all in. You got hardcore fans. You got ten thousand fans basically endorsing into a vision of something they've never seen before. So I think that alone goes to show that it doesn't matter if you would have placed, you know, <laughs> anybody in the in, in the front spot. Uh, but I think this match does. But WWE, on the other hand, when you put like an Intercontinental Championship in the in, in the very beginning, and or AJ Styles uh, versus know, Shane McMahon, yeah, <laughs> you're right. AJ and Shane, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's just. You wonder why at the end people throw beach balls because you know at the in the beginning it's it's been too it's it's too oversaturated with getting their attention and their energy. So, I think yeah. they're under they're under the belief that you kind of got to give that ch- that crowd a, a rest period and they can't just be hot the entire time. But I don't know. I, I mean, like you said, Chris, in boxing and MMA, and if you look how New Japan does their shows, and I know everyone's going to get on me for comparing New Japan to WWE, but it's true each match builds on each other and they get bigger right. and bigger and bigger. And those fans don't need a rest period because they can stay hot. The fans didn't need a rest period tonight, even though it was a five hour show because they yeah. stayed hot and you kept building on the matches. And it does a disservice to these guys that are working hard who are in like the kind of burner match. And maybe if they opened the show, they would have been really hot for them. But you get like, you know, Baron Corbin and Finn Balor are wrestling, you know, in this right before the main event and the crowd just saw a big match and those guys aren't getting any reaction. It doesn't really help anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Except. Yeah. Um, that's like, uh, I think Shane Helms or some, someone had sent out a tweet saying, you know, second from the main event is the semi main events. Like not in WWE. It's, no. it's rarely that. I mean, that, that would mean like Nicholas was in the, the semi main event of, you know, WrestleMania yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I like how it uh, how it builds. Now in this case, the most heavily promoted match was in the middle, but I agreed with that decision. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, not not. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, what, what was <laughs> WrestleMania 18's semi main event? It was the women's match. Yeah, uh, it was like uh, it was like Jazz and and uh, Trish or something. Like WrestleMania 18 was Rock and Hogan, right? Yeah, was that yeah. on? Rock and Hogan was a semi-main event, and then I think Triple H and Jericho was the main event. They might because that was a big deal because Jericho absolutely hated. No, no, it, it was, was Jazz, Jazz, and so they I, did have a burner match. Yeah, it was Jazz okay. beating Lita and Trish Stratus. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, Jazz, I remember that. Like, yeah, it was like that was just really odd to me. Like, why would you put this yeah. match? Because that was after Austin and Hall, right? No, it was after Rock and Hogan, I believe. Yeah, it's Rock Hogan, the Jazz, and against Lee oh, and Trish yeah, Stratus. That's terrible. Like, and then Triple H and Jericho. So it kind of, yeah. <laughs> and you have the hottest reaction with Rock and Hogan, and then you bring the triple threat. Like that yeah. was, yeah. That's I, I'm terrible. sure a lot of that was Triple H's doing, but <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me. That, definitely. So we got Christopher Daniels against Stephen Amell. Speaking of WWE. Uh, we saw Stephen Amell with his, you know, Arrow SummerSlam a, a few years back, teaming up with Neville. Uh, uh, they went against who? Cody and Barrett, right? I think it was. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, wow, leaps and bounds from what we saw in WWE. Raj, what do you? Uh, we we saw he didn't win, but uh, Daniels went over, did the BME, 
Um, but Amel took a, a table spot and, and uh, he did a Van Terminator. I mean, he, he's and there were some videos before All In as far as just him training rigorously, you know, to prepare for this. And it really showed. What are your thoughts, Rush? This is one of those, again, like for this crowd, it worked. I respect right. the hell out of Stephen Amell. I love that he takes it seriously. He's not just uh, he's not just out there promoting something or just trying to you know get himself over. You could tell he really loves pro wrestling. That being said, I thought this match looked like crap for the most part. Um, <laughs> you know, like he tried. I mean, you know, he went through a table. That's great. But the, the punches were the, some of the worst looking punches I've ever seen. And that, actually, I should take that back. Not that I've ever seen. But they, they look say, really Cena's bad. punches are pretty bad. Well, <laughs> you, can't mention, you can't mention bad punches without talking about Shane McMahon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah Except he actually lays them in, too. So his hurt the yeah. most. Yeah. And they look terrible. Um <laughs> So, you know, I thought as far as if you're looking at it as a match, if you didn't know Stephen Amell was an actor, you'd be like, what is this crap? Uh, it went too long for for what they had, I thought. Um, you know, especially considering how abrupt the main event had to be, they could have cut out five minutes of this match. But love that Stephen Amell takes it seriously. I, I love that he did this show. And I love that he wanted to try to have a long match, but I thought it looked bad. Like, if you're, if you're watching it... Um, and you're not a pro wrestling fan, you would just be like, wow, this looks, this is so fake. Like everything looks so fake. You're, they're doing, you know, this the slap punches as a punch. And <laughs> the like, rock oh. slap punches. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it just looks bad. But, yeah. you know, it, it was for this, fa- for this fan base, it was, uh, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, your thoughts? Yeah. So when we're used to seeing celebrities and wrestling matches, which up until this point has been almost exclusively WWE since WCW closed. But when we see them, like it's like they're in a tag team match. They basically don't do anything. Then they get a hot tag. They do 20 seconds of spots. Then they're involved in the finish and that's it. This was different because they basically treated Stephen Amell like he was a wrestler and they didn't have an tag match. And he had a singles match and they tried to do real wrestling stuff. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a ton of smoke and mirrors. And because of that, you didn't have a very good match because Stephen Amell is not very experienced. So no matter how experienced and talented Daniels is, which is quite, you're never going to have a good match. There's going to be botched spots and stuff like that. I thought it so it, so it wasn't a good match. But like Raj said, you got to respect Stephen Amell for, you know, he's a guy who is an actor whose main line of work is acting. And if he got seriously injured, that would delay his ability to work, but he just likes to wrestle and he's taken big risks. He did a coast to coast drop kick. He did a dive to the table. That was like bad. The table barely, you know, it broke like super easily. Probably didn't provide that much padding on his fall. So I respect him for that. Uh, I think he, he, he's taken it seriously. Clearly the guys like him because there's no way he gets that kind of stuff on a show like all in if, if the wrestlers (laughs) didn't like him, but like, you said it's not going to be that big of a match. I did think it went kind of long. You probably could have put him in a tag match. You probably could have done the basically the exact same stuff and not had to deal with all of the bad work punches and the missed spots and all that kind of stuff. But it, like I said, it worked and it didn't kill the show. Yeah, yeah. And someone pointing out uh, Phil Phil in the chat that I I wrote on Twitter that it looks like it looked like two friends uh, playing wrestling in the yard. You know, where you're really not trying to hurt each other. <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> and, and you know what to do, but you don't know how to sell. Like you know, Stephen Amell standing right up, and uh, you know, and that takes time. Uh, you know, Jesse, to your point, it's 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 very hard to find celebrities that uh, can do successful singles matches. I mean, Lawrence Taylor is one. Uh, Ronda Rousey, you know, she's uh, having to work a lot at the performance center, and you know, choreograph the matches move for move. But uh, Lawrence Taylor, that that's one that he was he was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, there are, there are guys from time to time. Taylor, but Taylor, and similar to Rousey, like those guys had very big matches to wrestle. They coordinate yeah. them every step of the way. I don't know how much of the choreography they did for this match. They might have done. I, I think some. they did a bit. When I was talking to Cody, uh, and the interviews up on our YouTube channel, he 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 mentioned that Cody was uh, at the gym working, you know, with Daniels. I'm but sure. again, they didn't have that much time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right, um, and, and of course, like I said, uh, Christopher Dan's with the BME at the end uh, to go over a mail. So then we had the four-way. Uh, now, now, real quick. So for the alternative wrestling fan, this was great. For myself, I hate seeing wrestlers selling for skinny <laughs> actors. And I hate, you know, like, again, I like seeing wrestling presented as two badasses that want to go at it. And when I see a little uh, an actor you know, going toe to toe with a guy that's been in the business for 20 years. That drives me nuts. Yeah, at least it wasn't in WWE because if it was in WWE, the celebrity would have went over. He did. Stephen Amell did. <laughs> Remember? No. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but yeah, you know, so yeah. Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> the lesson was told. Yeah. Like at Ronda Rousey, I'm fine with, cause she is a legit badass. Yeah, so Bro- yeah. You know, if it was Brock Lesnar coming in from MMA and, and uh-huh. going, you know, had, didn't, wasn't in pro wrestling, I'd be fine with it. But an act, you know, an actor, uh, I don't like it. Yeah, uh, point uh, case in point, Jesse. When uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather went over Big Show, so that was uh, <laughs> that was a very terrible. So yeah, you're right. You're right, Raj. There's no way in in the world that the Floyd Mayweather would ever go over Big Show in in any other type of uh, combat. So uh, all right, so we get the four way women's match: Tessa Blanchard, uh, Madison Rain, Chelsea Green, um, and uh, Britt Baker. So um, so Tessa Blanchard ended up uh, going over and up winning. Uh, it was a pretty pretty decent match uh, for the for the four way. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, I think I think it was Brick, uh, Bree Baker Britt Baker who was just doing like a series of like switch blades, which I didn't understand why she was doing that because she didn't do them very good though. But I've seen a lot of her indie work and she's pretty good. But um, I you know I I figured they would give this a Tessa just because you know they. They really pushing her on impact. She just won the impact championship. So, if, if it was, if I was booking this, I would have, I would have given it to to Madison Rain. I don't know, just and it just seems like she would have been like a a name that's a, a veteran and 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 working her way up to that. She was just in WWE, you know, for the tournament and things like that. But uh, you know, uh, let's let's go with Jesse first. What are your thoughts on uh, just for, just uh, this match and uh, who would you who would have you had to? to win the match well since this is all in and it's not going to be like we're going to have a follow-up show really with all this stuff it didn't really matter who won because it wasn't like someone was getting a title shot or anything like that i think tessa was the right person to win just because i think if you watch the match she's very much the future of women's wrestling in in some sort of ways and madison rain while good in a name and the most recognized person in the match it makes sense to have her kind of not win the match because if she won the match, what did you really do? You know, Madison Rain, someone everyone already knows. She was, you know, a big star for Impact when they had a much bigger following than they do now. So I, I like Tessa as as the pick. I thought the match was really good. The finish was a little bit awkward because I think they were trying to do a finish where um, the three count happens and then the breakup happens like a second later. But it was almost yeah, like was the, the breakup happened too fast, so uh-huh. it almost looked like it was supposed to be a near fall spot. I Which, think it was supposed to be a near fall, and, and then they they go to the finish shortly yeah, after. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely possible. And I thought the crowd was really getting into it the last thirty seconds or so. I thought this was a really good match. The finish kind of made it flat, which is going to bump it down in my ratings a little bit. But 
up until that point, the match was really good. And I think it's just great that, you know, the fans have evolved a lot over the last five years when it comes to women's wrestling and becoming accepting of it. Because this match was good, but maybe five years ago, the fans wouldn't have allowed the match to be good and people would be making bathroom break jokes and all that kind of stuff. We see this in every promotion. It's not exclusive to the match tonight. But I just think it's, it's, a, it's a welcome change that we're seeing in wrestling. It's just fans expecting a woman's match to be good and being supportive of it as opposed to rolling their eyes and being like, ah, I'm going to see what they have at the concession stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I agree. I thought this match was above average. I, I thought it was it was close to good. Um, but I agree with Jesse. I think it, uh, uh, Tessa Blanchard going over was the right move. She's the future. She's she showed the most. I think she looked like a superstar in there. Uh, the way she carried herself, she was great in the ring. She has that poise. I think she's a superstar. Uh, Chelsea Green. I see a lot of upside too. Um, yeah, I did too. Yeah. So I thought. Yeah, yeah, you know, I thought this was a pretty good match. Again, that that finish did hurt it. I think they weren't supposed to finish there because Tessa's reaction was really disappointed. Like she was shocked that uh, who is it? Chelsea kicked out. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. And uh, so I think they were supposed to do a couple more uh, a couple more spots before going to the finish. But um, outside of that, I thought it was I thought it was good. I mean, you know, it was. Uh, I think Tessa Tessa's awesome. I wonder why WWE is not biting on uh, signing Chelsea. I know she was at the Performance Center, but uh, they they didn't follow through with her. I don't know a lot of the decisions they make. You know, like uh, they didn't sign Tessa. That uh, she's... yeah, that was odd too. Tessa is the odd one because you think with her pedigree, with her skill level, and the fact yeah, that they've been so aggressive. Yeah. And but she was in the May Young Classic last year too. But here's yes, why w- here's why a lot of people WWE doesn't sign people. Sometimes people just don't want to commit full-time to WWE at that certain point. We've definitely seen that in the past, but also you don't know what came up with the x-rays. They do all sorts of physicals that they've said no to people before because of that. And for all we know, she might've had some weird thing on social media that we don't know about or something in her personal life, similar to why they weren't signing Matt Riddle until recently. Um, I don't know that. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I'm it, suggesting it, anything, but it, it could be, it could be anything really. Why? I don't think, I don't think it was. I mean, I, I, I have an interview with Tessa from like a month ago that's uh, up on the site. And she was, uh, she said she's been in contact with them. Um, they didn't sign anyone from last year's Mayhem Classic, really, right? Um, well, I know they wanted um, to, I believe they wanted, they wanted to, to sign Jazzy Gabbard. Yeah. yeah, but she yeah. failed the physical. Right. But well, she, was it came out, yeah, she had the, uh, what was the issue I'm forgetting right now? But um, I'm pretty confident Tessa Blanchard will be signed soon. Well, now she signed to Impact. She's, she's, with Impact she's now, yeah, yeah, she signed for with how, them. Yeah, but for how long? They I mean, said long the, term. I think it's two years. Oh, I mean, yeah, her and Swan recently signed multi-year contracts. Yeah, I, I know what you're going to say, Jesse. Who contract. knows if they'll be yeah. in here in two years? Well, no, it's just like, <laughs> what is an Impact contract? You know, but whatever. It's uh, you know, as far as I know, as far as the people I know who work at Impact and and know about Impact, you've they kind of do the you know kind of lower end people they just kind of give them you know per appearance that's the reason why they can do indies now but the people who sign bigger contracts they they kind of throw it you know give them a little bit more money that they can make a sizable living so mm-hmm. yeah but they um, got a precedent now right like they said that they'll release anyone that wants to be released you yeah. know and with the hardy stuff with the broken stuff they just turned all that over so who knows yeah. i mean you might be right jesse um that maybe it won't be two years but she's a she's a superstar i like I mean, even if it's in two years, she's pretty young, isn't she? 24 or 5, something yeah, like that? I, I yeah, she was, she's, uh, she's young. Yeah, 
I think I, I what I wrote down was that with the exception of Rey Mysterio, I think she's the most likely person to see in WWE on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what we have next? Uh, so okay, so we had the NWA uh, World Championship um, match next, and uh, this match was was great. Um, great. Um, yeah. As far as just the the emotion that came with it, you know, okay. just because uh, I don't I don't really look at matches for like you know the catches catch can and uh, you know how yeah. many forms they did. I, I think of the passion and the the backstory and everything, the culmination and all that, you know. Um, I mean this the the whole the the whole thing. This was the most built match, you know, of of the whole program, and so that's the reason why I felt like it should have been the main event because uh, I, I think that it would have made sense to to culminate and coronate Cody. He's the first ever father son duo to ever win the NWA World Championship. You know, he was one third of the mastermind behind it, and the crowd was, you know, uh, a the the crowd was it seemed like they were higher than any other spot. I mean they, they were higher with different spots of the match, but the match as a whole, it seemed like the crowd was more into this match than any other ones. But I mean that's my personal opinion. I, I, I I'd imagine you you would differ, Rush. No, so I actually like this like the match because I like the old school stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I don't because every New Japan ROH match you, you see the pattern. Like it's you know as People are going to hate that. Are, are going to rip me on Twitter for saying this, but you know, all the good matches are kind of the same. You know, it's going to go at least a half an hour. You know, about five false finishes. Yeah, the first false finish. That's when you start getting the "this is awesome" chance, <laughs> right? And then uh, you just you know you do a few more false finishes, and then you go to the end. Um, and then kick out shock disbelief yeah. they're kicking out of everything I'm that sorry, you shouldn't about, be kicking out are of. we talking about new japan or wwe right now both both <laughs> it, 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 the awesome matches that the, the the matches that get high ratings right now all kind of go like that right yeah whereas i like the i see that's why i really love brock lesnar matches because there's so much unpredictability you don't know except for recently before mm-hmm. like this 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 year uh, you didn't really know how it was going to go there was that that wild factor uh, before and, yeah. and these other matches, you, you kind of know what they are. And um, anyway, so that's why I like this match. It's kind of like what I grew up on, just kind of old school. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't know if it was by design because Nick Aldis is also not a flips, you know, jumping around doing, just, you know, splits and cartwheels kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was, you know, I, I liked it, but for this crowd, they like that stuff. They like yeah. the the false finishes and and kicking out of huge moves right away and 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 so because of that, I think the way they did it with what that is, I think this was the like fifth as far as uh, uh, in ring work goes. You know, I thought the Hangman Page match was more athletic than this. So yeah. I thought for this crowd, it was the right place. Almost any other time, I would say. I agree with you that the title match should go on last. The most yeah. built match should go on last, and and the big title win should 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 be the main event. But this is a crowd that's more focused on match quality as it is. So, um, yeah. uh, Tessa Blanche is twenty three, by the way. Um, there we go. So, yeah, uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on this match? I agree with what Raj said. I thought this was 
very similar to a WWE style match, particularly with the spot where Magnus hit the big elbow on top of Brandy. That was kind of a gimmick thing you would see in WWE. And I think that's a good thing because you want different types of matches on the show. Mm -hmm. Not every match on the show was going to be like that. You had a match like the main event, which was going to be the Lucha Libre, just a bunch of spots matches. And you want to have this match, which had, like you said, Chris, the most storytelling going into it. I thought they did a great job with the video package beforehand hyping it up with the music and you know it's it's i'm a sucker for when you're showing harley race with the title and dusty with the title it made it seem like it was such a big deal i love the entrances i like when the guys come out with a team of people like you see in ufc and you see in boxing it makes the guys look like complete superstars when cody came through the road the uh the curtain my first thought was that cody left wwe because he saw himself as a major superstar and WWE didn't see them that him that at that level, and he was frustrated, so he left because he believed he could be that way. And watching him enter the arena tonight, you know, with the big entrance for the NWA title with ten thousand fans, I think it's kind of clear that he is that level of a superstar, and he's done it without the aid of you know WWE's promotional vehicle behind him. I thought this match was a huge coup for the NWA and Billy Corgan. I think this is the first time many people in forever have cared about an NWA world heavyweight championship match. It, it was a title that was almost worthless, you know, being wrestled on small indie shows not that long ago. So it was a big deal to get it on the show. Cody's a, I like Nick Aldis. Cody's a bigger star than him right now. It's better for the title to be on him. It's a better story. And I thought the match was, was really good. The only thing I didn't really care for was this, the spot where Earl Hebner threw up the X sign and they were acting like Cody couldn't continue because I think fans have seen that so many times that nobody believes it. And it's more just like, all right, they're going to stall for 30 seconds before Cody comes back out. Did give us a chance to see DDP though. So that's good. It gave the DDP spot and gave Cody a chance to blade. <laughs> um, you know, outside the ring. You know what? I, I'm torn on that with Cody as far as how he'll do in WWE now. Because yes, he is way more of a star now, but it's also a different world. You know, as as we see when we see Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, what happens when they go to a WWE? You see AJ Styles. AJ Styles is doing great, right? But he's not the guy. He's WWE champion, the B-Show champion, never headlines a pay-per-view. Yeah. But the guy that they're putting the promotional money and everything into is, you know, Reigns and Strowman and, you know, th those guys. So I don't well, know if Cody will get to that level. I honestly don't, I don't see it. So um, I don't see I, it. I, don't think I see him being a big star in NXT. I see him possibly winning the NXT title if yep. they had him go that route before going back to the main roster. But on the main roster, I see him in that um, – a higher mid card spot. Definitely, he'll I be better than he was before. But not, I 100 percent uh, agree with you, Raj. I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I I see Cody being an NXT champion if he comes back. I don't honestly. I mean, I I just don't see him being the main eventer if he came back to the WWE. I think this is a really good move that he isn't with the WWE and that he's earning his. You know that he's growing his stock because I think. Right now, being the NWA champion, NWA is growing its prestige in the past year. Um, you know, with uh, with uh, Tim Storm and 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 uh, and uh, Nick Aldis, you know, winning the championship, <clears throat> and I think NWA as a whole is really growing with Corgan and Dave Lagana. Um, I think Cody is a good face for w for NWA. I think Nick Aldis was actually. I think he did a fantastic job, <clears throat> but I think. That's that. I think that's that's his that's his ceiling when it comes to the popularity. I, I just don't see 
him him being a, a star in the WWE. So it's probably best for him to to not be signed, you know, you, for, from WWE. You know, you know what I think? Uh, to, to your point, Chris, what I think when I think of Cody and the Young Bucks, I think of Matt Hardy, right? Yeah. You think of he had the super over gimmick. It was the hottest thing. And people are like, oh, my gosh. Imagine if this was in WWE with that audience. And you see what they, you know, you see what they do. I don't it's, see him adding, as, real quick as as real quick real quick Jesse. I don't see him. Man would say you ruined it. <laughs> Go ahead. I, Jesse. I don't see him at the top level in WWE, like the level that Reigns is at or Strowman or AJ, just because it's a very limited number of spots. Yeah, like there can only be two or three guys that are pushed that level. So you know, is it does Cody deserving of one of those two or three spots? I don't know. And of course, anyone in WWE that goes there, if they're booked poorly and they're booked to look like losers, then they're not going to achieve that success. So I think he clearly is much happier and outside of WWE, and he's able to fulfill his ambitions. So I know you talked to him recently, Raj. I don't see him going back anytime soon, unless there's just a ridiculously big money offer, and maybe there is because. WWE probably wasn't a big fan of this show, and they're certainly not a big fan of the MSG show. The MSG show, I think they poked a, a sleeping bear a little bit there. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I could see um, them just throwing the money at him just to get him out of there and then do not, not much with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so it, it seems as if DDP just uh, was probably talking to Cody or something like that. It's like, Hey, bro, let me get this spot in your match, bro. Like, no, I just, no, I, he's, <laughs> Cody and so DDP did it. So, we, Kelsey, uh, who does our weekend podcast uh, on Wrestling Inc., she's at All In and Starcast. And she, she has an interview with DDP on our YouTube channel. And DDP talks about how far him and Cody go back and, you know, like seeing Cody as a kid. Cause Cody, you know, DDP and Dusty were so close. Yeah. And uh, DDP would call Cody a young buck you know growing mm. up yeah. uh and so it's kind of funny like kind of ironic now we're, we're here but i I'm, i know that that was cody's thing was to have ddp yeah. i was thinking about what a great for glacier for glacier yeah why glacier i'm not sure but i mean obviously he must be close with them but I, i'm not sure exactly what it was and the other so brandy Rhodes' dad was there too right that was her yeah. dad yep it was yep. Glacier, it was DDP, it was Tommy Dreamer, and mm-hmm. then it was Brandy Rhodes' dad, and then Brandy Rhodes' brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his dog, Pharaoh. Yeah, Pharaoh. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Jesse, what were we going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that I am proud of Sean Devari for making a great career out of just being a minion that takes bumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I forgot he was there. Yeah. One of my favorite guests on our podcast. He was there just to take that bump, and he did <laughs> yeah. a great job, and he's made a great career out of it. I, I don't. I'm not saying that ironically. I say yeah. you do what you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna text him. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I'm. I'm gonna text him and see if we can get him on show on my show on Tuesday. I don't know why he was there. Like I don't know no, what's for that. They needed oh, someone man. to take that bump. No. I want to say people are wondering why you were there. What's the what's the significance? Uh, yeah. He usually texts me right back, so we'll we'll find that out. Um, uh, so yeah, um, it was it was yeah it was good. Let's move on. Uh, Adam Page and Joey Janela. We talked about we talked about about this match a little bit. Uh, it's definitely definitely a um, a fan of you know, the angles match, you know, because, you know, if you, if you came in there not knowing anything about this, you would have no clue of <laughs> what's going on. Uh, and then at the end, we saw Joy Ryan come in. And so, so Jesse, 
give the fans a little synopsis of um, just a, a, a really express version of why this match came about. Okay, well, it dates back months ago. Basically, it comes down to a storyline where Hangman Page's gimmick in the Bullet Club was that he had a really big dick. And then Joey Ryan, who's, of course, the whole gimmick is based around his dick. And there was kind of this jealousy angle because the rest of the Bullet Club members were fans of Joey Ryan. Eventually, Hangman Page kills Joey Ryan in storyline and being the elite. And then the last few months, he's been wrecked by guilt because he knows he killed him. And it's been kind of like this Macbeth kind of thing where he can't get rid of his boots because they were covered in Joey Ryan's blood. And so they had this big blow up where he was going to wrestle Joey Janela and then turn into the storyline where Hangman Page was going to kill another Joey. And that's kind of how we got to this point where Hangman Page has become completely unhinged and was a complete psychopath in this match. And then, of course, Joey Ryan, who wasn't really dead, came out at the end. So you really have to watch Being the Elite. I, I, it, it sounds it completely sounds ridiculous. Goofy as- because, no. it is, because it is. Because it is. But if you actually watch the show, I was like, you know what? That was actually really good storytelling. When he has the phone and he's cr- climbing up the ladder and he's choking him with it, it's go- great like, storytelling. It is. It's goofy <laughs> as hell, but it's well executed. And if you watch the shows, you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually makes total sense why he would have that because that's his murder weapon. You have to, I mean, yeah, I know, I know. But again, wrestling. it's. We're suspending our disbelief for that angle. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, one thing to suspend it for, <laughs> for is it, angles. It's not, it's not it, for everyone. I will clear. I will fully admit that it is not for everyone. You can call me a mark for it, whatever. No, I, no, I, no. Like I mean, obviously, everyone in the crowd loved it, right? I mean, they were they were going crazy for the, you know, the boots and, and I find that stuff goofy as hell. That's not the, the stuff I like, but clearly this crowd did. So it worked. So I had nothing against it. It's not my it, style. It, outside of that stuff, the match was crazy. Like this was a, this was a scary match to watch the burning hammer on the ladder, the power bomb off the uh, ramp through the tables, which they kind of missed. And then the final, the, uh, the air raid crash th- off the ladder through the table, like this was really scary, and I knew it was going to be scary because if you've seen Hangman Page and if you've seen Joey Janela's indie matches, that these guys take a lot of risks. And I think Joey Janela was one of the biggest had one of the biggest uh, opportunities tonight because I don't think a lot. Even if you you know watch Being the Elite and you watch Ring of Honor, you wouldn't have seen Joey Janela. A lot of people probably saw him for the first time. I think he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a really good act with his girlfriend, and. He he did a really good job tonight, but he's killing himself, and it's it's it's. You yeah, wonder how yeah. he's going to be able to wrestle into his into his thirties. He's trying to become he, Mick Foley. Should not be the guy you try to emulate if you want to have a, a good life, you know. <laughs> right. uh, so here's my here's my thing is I re- really was liking this match. Like I thought it was. I mean, it was it, there was a lot of crazy stuff, like you said, Jesse. But I thought it was well worked. I thought Penelope Ford looked like a superstar in the making as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought uh, I, I think Hangman Page is a superstar. He's got the look, the the talent. Uh, His stock has gone so so far up since the start of this year, uh, as far as just guys who have who, who have looked so much more legitimate. It's funny, like how much just changing up your look a little bit too. Like you know, he grew his hair out, you know, from back in the day, and and. Uh, obviously worked on his physique and everything. He looks like a much bigger star than back in the day. He looked like nobody. Or if you look at Kenny Omega when he was at FCW, I can see why WWE would cut him with how he looked back then. Um, well, but he looks like a, a gigantic star. So I was really into this match. And then as soon as the boots came, I was like, Oh God, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know the, the being the elite <laughs> crowd and everything loved it, 
but it that's when all of a sudden it, you just it just is like oh this is all fake and this is we're yeah. just having fun well that's As opposed what I get back to like to. we we care about who wins and loses. well that's right? what we get back to is this match was this show for the people who watch being million the big all-ins or was it for the casual fans because if the casual fans saw that they'd be like this is stupid yeah and that and I find my, my preferences becoming more and more casual as I'm getting older. But oh, uh, certainly, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I but that's why I said like it, it worked for this crowd. So if it worked for who they were going for, obviously it was uh, the right move. So yeah, it just took me out of it. Yeah, I like Adam Page too. Uh, I think him joining the Bullet Club was good um, because he was with uh, uh, he was with the, the decade that's what in roh he was with the decade he was kind of like their water boy for a while and then he broke away from them and then uh and then he kind of had a face run for like a hiccup and then he joined the bullet club uh so i think after the when he joined the bullet club really helped him but i think you know it's funny because i think the six man is on the only title he's had and um and I mean, he hasn't had any singles championships and i think it was really odd because I he almost won the TV title, but I, I think he should have been had a singles championship in, in in ROH, and I think he's underutilized, um, and I think he's a star in the making. But I mean, just I, I think the ROH is holding him back a bit. Um, I, I think the Bullet Club affiliation is good, but I don't know. I, I think they're holding him back. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on that? Once he got the Hangman gimmick, that was a game changer for him. Because he really was – I remember when he first popped up in ROH, he was part of the Top Prospect Tournament several years ago. And he was kind of like this good-looking young guy, kind of looked like he was still maybe in high school, just like really young, clean-shaven baby face. And once yeah. he got the Hangman gimmick and I got – I think the Hangman gimmick, even though it's not really much of a gimmick, it's not like he's hanging people really anymore, but just it allows him to have cool merchandise and it helps sell it. He's been one of the best risers in uh, – Bullet Club, and as goofy as the being the elite storyline is, it's helped his career. He's way more over because of it. Mm. So uh, apparently, uh, so Cody says, you know, all their contracts are going to be up by the time the Madison Square Garden show comes up. Young Bucks are up this year. Kenny Omega's is February, and he's saying that they're all going to go together. And so that's Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, Cody, and Kenny Omega. So. We'll see if they stick with it, but that would be quite the coup if, you know, WWE signed them all together. In Another that version of the Radicals? I well, was... remember someone got left out of the Radicals. Shane Douglas was supposed Shane to be Douglas. in that group, and yeah. they left him high and dry. Well, yeah. in that same interview, because it was, I forget, that was either an interview with Dave Meltzer or an interview on Chris Jericho's podcast where he said that, but he also said, Cody said at the time, he said, you know, I really can't handle any direction. And I can't be taken given any direction by, you know, management or telling him what he's like, you know, tell me the finish and tell me the time I need to go. But other than that, don't tell me what to do in my match and all that stuff like that. And he seemed like by indicating that he really wasn't interested in going back to WWE for that reasons, because of just how much freedom he's explored. And then he said, they've all made a pact together that they're all going to, so they're, and they're all going to stay together. So that makes me think that he's, they're planning on not signing with WWE just purely based on that speculation, because he made it seem like he really wasn't interested in going back. And he says, Oh yeah, we're all sticking together. So, well, you don't want to question over all of this, all this whole show, everything is where are those guys going when the contracts expire? The last thing they want to say is we really want to go to WWE though. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, you don't want to tip your hat too much, even if even if he's signed a deal tomorrow. You know, I mean, he'll probably say the same thing for the next few months until even more. If you're signed, you're not supposed to say you're right. signed, right? Like yeah. Matt Riddle couldn't say that he was signed for, you know, once it became clear that he was signed. I yeah. met Matt Riddle in a parking lot of all, literally just me and him. And I was like, hey, are you signed? He's like, uh-huh, I don't know. So <laughs> yep. I had I had uh, someone who just debuted in NXT. Uh, his last name rhymes with C. Uh, <laughs> I, I had him on my show, and I still keep in contact with him. And I and I asked him, and he was like, mm. like he like he just he didn't yeah. he didn't tip it off too much. So it must uh, suck for those yeah. guys. Everyone must ask <laughs> yeah. them all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So let's uh, go to uh, one of my one of my favorite matches, just because of the 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 character you know, uh, enhancement on it. Uh, Jay Lethal and, and Flip Gordon. Flip Gordon won the Over the Budget Battle Royal, uh, landed this spot here to go for the ROH World Championship. I don't think – I think it was pretty evident that he wasn't going to win the, the title, but uh, it was great. I, I like this this new thing with the Jay Lethal. And it's funny because a lot of people, they have to watch a video to kind of get it too. It was a video uh, shortly after he won the ROH championship where if someone he pats him in the back, he gets like this macho man, Randy Savage trance and, uh, you know, his black machismo gimmick back in ROA and back in TNA. And so Apofo, you know, now, now they have this hashtag brothers from another mother type thing. And uh, so, yeah, so it was him and Gordon, and uh, he ended up winning. The fans were into the the Macho Man trance, and uh, it was successful for the fans. Stake, what do you what do you think, Raj? I like the match. I thought uh, I think Jay Lethal is awesome. I think Flip Gordon's uh, has a ton of potential. He's another guy I can see being a superstar. I don't think he's there yet. I don't like the Macho Man stuff. Macho Man's my favorite wrestler of all time. You know, uh, but. To me, if a world champion should not be doing comedy <laughs> like that, like it, it's like if Roman Reigns starts acting like Kamala, you know, and starts like patting his belly and doing this goofy stuff, it's like there's this place for that on these shows. But the world champion, if that's your top guy, that should not be it. And so I don't, I don't like Jay Lethal. I, I think that's mid card stuff, and he's a he's a main eventer. So. I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, and he does a crazy Macho Man impersonation. He's he does it great, but I just don't like that in that spot. Uh-huh. But that being said, I like how he does it. Uh huh. He does it perfect. <laughs> I mean, he does the, the the arm stretched, and you know, I dig. It. I love hearing Macho Man's music. It, it, like every time I hear it, when I'm at graduations and they play that song, I'm like, yeah, oh, Macho circumstance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I I just don't like that gimmick for this. But I thought the match was really good, and uh. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Jay Lethal and uh, Flip Gordon. I think uh, the sky's the limit for Flip and uh, Jay too. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think he should be using that gimmick. Uh, How about you, Jesse? What do you think? Yeah, oh, you, Jesse. Jay, Jay Lethal <laughs> to me is a really good talent, but his he's best used when he's in a storyline and he can cut promos because I think he's a really good promo cutter. So it's hard for him to kind of get thrown into a match like this where he basically didn't know his opponent beforehand. And it's just kind of a regular match because he's really not the flashiest wrestler. I know that's ridiculous saying he just came out as Black Machismo, but I think he just excel. It's harder for him to just have a great match without any storyline whatsoever than it is for maybe some of the other guys that were on this show. I thought I'm kind of with you, Raj. I think that he's way better as a talent away from the Black Machismo gimmick. And that was kind of something he did just in TNA when 
he really had nothing else to do. I will say that it, I really liked seeing Lanny Poffo out there. I think yeah. that helped legitimize it a lot more because if Lanny's not out there, it's just this guy, this indie guy doing an impersonation of a beloved wrestler. And it comes across as a lot cheaper than if Lanny's out there and it's like, Oh yeah, you know, this is actually like a really heartfelt tribute, which is what it really is. And yeah. I thought the match was fine. I think it was a little difficult coming after the street fight with the crazy bumps that uh, those guys took. So it was a little harder for that, but overall the match was fine. Flip is uh, is definitely really talented. I think he's at the point of his career where he can take losses like this and it actually helps him, as opposed to maybe someone else. If they took this loss, it'd be like, oh, they really shouldn't have done the job there. But he's a guy just looking legitimate in the ring with a guy like Jay Lethal or someone like Cody or anything like that is a benefit to his career. Yeah, and and to your point, uh, with Flip, this whole angle of not booking him all, all in all in has just raised his stock so much. Oh, He's yeah. been, he just became a much bigger star over this whole storyline. So uh, it, it was brilliantly lit, done. Um, yep. Just the, the savage yeah. stuff just took the, some of the seriousness out of it. But uh, Flip's only been wrestling a few years. I saw him probably because he, he, he broke in in the uh, Boston area and I saw him probably a few months into his career and that was only a few years ago. And now it's like crazy to see just how much his stock has risen uh, just basically by, by being on being the elite, you know, if he's not on that show, he's not working probably new Japan, best super juniors. He's not probably not working for the crash in Mexico. He's probably not doing, you know, he's probably not on all in. It's just, it, it really worked out for him. Yeah. Did we mention Brandy Rhodes, by the way? Profit was interesting. She was looked am- just insanely amazing tonight. I just got to say that. And throw that in there, and she, she again. Well, my, wife, that with uh, my wife watches my podcast, so uh, you know. Yeah, well, good yeah, thing my wife does better. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, are you single? Yes. Okay, you can comment on Brandy. So. <laughs> Brandy's really hot. I was thinking. I was actually thinking this between Brandy and Penelope for Joey Janela's girlfriend. I was thinking that like there are people out there who, um, who really. Uh, have a lot of nostalgia for like the early 2000s, late 90s era of WWE women's wrestling, where it was a lot more exploitive. And I was thinking that people who hadn't watched wrestling in a while watched All In, that might be the impression that the game is like, oh, wow, these girls are really hot and they're dressed really sexy, which isn't mm-hmm. necessarily. I'm not going to say anything more. All over again. Yeah, it's, just yeah, it's so it's weird. Like, I feel like approach. you can't say anything anymore, even though they're dressed. Well, I learned from Big Dave. High. I learned from Big <laughs> right. Dave. I'm not saying anything. What's that? I learned from Dave Meltzer. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no comments <laughs> on the females. Huh? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, for, for, for Jay Lethal, I guess real quick, I guess I stand alone. I think it was I, – I love his Macho Man impersonations. I think it's great. And Jay Lethal's been my favorite wrestler for the past few years now. So I guess anything is exempt for him, I guess. So uh, Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr., this is probably – bell to bell the best match of the night um just it was fantastic um uh Roz, what are your thoughts on, on this match as far as of course omega went over i think i think that was pretty obvious um but pentagon he he's stuck with them and uh he's really pentagon's really uh growing his stock man winning the impact championship for a little bit and uh you know really thriving in lucha his his uh uh uh, angle with Vampiro, they really put him on the map as far as America America's concerned. So, I think Pentagon's really uh, rising stock fairly well. What do you think, Rush? I think Pentagon's awesome. Uh, Kenny Omega, you know, it, it's almost like 
his he sets the expectations so high that it's if it's not like super amazing, you're disappointed sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I thought this match was, I thought this match was really good. It wasn't one of his best matches of the year, but I thought it was really good. I, w- I I enjoyed it. I think some people were disappointed. Again, I think it's just the high expectations that people have with Omega, but I, I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, the ending, when they turn the lights out to so get Chris Jericho out there dressed as mm-hmm. Pentagon, I love that. And Jericho was able to get a little plug for his cruise. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I thought this this whole thing was, uh, that was great. It was, it was probably my favorite thing on the show, actually. As, as far as just a match went, this was my favorite for sure. Yep. Yep. Jesse? I really like Pentagon. I think he has a, just so much charisma. And I think that, you know, any company that's looking for a really great Latino babyface, he's someone that you would look at. I think he – and he's a good wrestler. He can really work too, which oh, yeah. you might lose with the whole Zero Miedo thing. But I think he's, he did – I know. That's so fun. I uh, to do he's um so i thought he was actually the real star kenny i know kenny's great i know he was going to put in a big effort it, raj said it wasn't one of his best matches of the year well he's had some of the best matches anyone's ever seen this year so i think that's an unrealistic standard uh to have but i thought it was a really good match i think you could argue it was the best match on the show i'm not sure if it was better than the okada girl match but it's right there and it was just i think if fans were buying their tickets or tuning in saying like okay this is kenny omega I want to see a really great match. I, I find it hard to believe that you could be disappointed by what you saw tonight. And I thought Pentagon was the real star of the show. Like you said, Chris, um, it was really – everyone knew Kenny was going to win this match. But there was that spot with the arm breaker and then the uh, package pile driver where the mm. crowd really bought the near fall. And that's uh-huh. a big deal because you know it, it, most people watching were like, oh, there's no way Kenny's going to lose or do a clean job to Pentagon who doesn't even work uh, for New Japan. But they were able to get there, and that's a testament to how hard these guys worked and the, the way they told the story in the ring. Can I? Yeah, I, I gotta say something real quick pack, about they that. You killed that pack. You pack is positive. They didn't kill that thing, man. Yeah, you were about to say something about that, Raj. Yes, I think that's so <laughs> stupid to do that yeah. on the apron. I think I you're risking just permanent neck injuries. The, the stuff now that they're doing on the apron, they're basically telling fans like stuff in the ring doesn't hurt as bad. But yeah. when we go on the apron, that's where it hurts. And it's just making, and it really does. So you're just, you're just telling fans that that's where it's really hurt. So you're like pushing yourselves to have to do moves on the apron and it's freaking killing people, you know, like Jeff Hardy doing the Swanton. To me, the package, the package pile driver is, it looks bad, but I actually think it's one of the safe, like as far as pile driver variants, I think it's actually more dangerous to do a standard pile driver on the apron. The Jeff Hardy bump was really bad because there's literally no way he could take that, which didn't revolve. Right, there was, there was no, the yeah, apron. there was no, no give. It was, yeah. he just took it. Completely. I agree. I, 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 the last year, the way, when I watch wrestling, I'm much more afraid of what guys are doing than before. And maybe that's just me maturing as a fan that I actually am more concerned with these guys' safety. But it just seems like there are a lot more stuff being done all the time that I'm just like, that was really unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's unnecessary. When he did it on the apron, I looked at it, and there was no give. Like, his it, head hit the apron. and I Yeah, was, you're why? saying it's safe, but his head hit first. Yes. You know, when, when yeah. it landed. No, I agree. I just The hearty bump bothered me the most because every move is dangerous if it's botched, right? But when done correctly, it's not that dangerous. But but you're doing it on the apron, so know, even if you the if you botch it a little, that's a deal. You know, you know. I, know, I know the risk is more, but with something like the Hardy bump, and I don't want to, I don't really want to compare them. I'm just saying the heart, something like the Hardy bump. There was the the design of that bump 
was for him to get take this huge horrible bump it wasn't like a botch or a screwed up screwed up i felt the same way about the uh katsuyori shibata headbutts that like that was so stupid because there was no way he could do that in a safe way the design was for him to headbutt him as hard as he can and that's what he did and unfortunately had terrible effects yeah it's just stupid i hate you know again it's like now it's soon it's like someone's gonna uh Take a real knife in the ring and stab him. So they're still going to kick out at two to get the right. this is awesome chance. This is turning into this is turning into a tangent. But the thing that bothers me the most is that if you're going to do a crazy big bump, make it really mean something. Like Mick Foley flying off the cell, right? We're going to see that. We've seen that for the last twenty years. He had a whole touring group all about how he took that bump and how crazy it was, and it was this huge thing. And now guys take these big bumps, and it's like the fifth most important thing that happened in the match. Yeah, yeah you forget it. Two weeks later, a yeah. week later. Yep. Yes. So, uh, you know, totally it reminds me of it's like comedians that have to cuss a lot to be funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you have to do crazy bumps to be over as opposed to a rock or – or and, you, hey, I know people don't want to hear anything good about Roman Reigns on the internet. But he does not do stupid stuff. He's he's going to have a long career with the way that he works, and he has good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas Jeff Hardy, you see how he moves now. You know, from all the, and he's only forty one. He's still mm-hmm. doing it. Yes, yeah. and and that's all he does now. Like he's his matches are no longer good. Yeah. Like you see him, he moves kind of like an old man in the ring, and he tries to do those big spots here and there, and he just he doesn't look good anymore. And it's you because just, of those years can... and years of stupid, you know, not stupid, but the, the high risk stuff Pointless. catches up. Yeah, and and doing less of it, cutting back on it. Jericho said it best, man. Uh, people give him crap, but when he said, you know, great matches don't matter; it's storylines and personality. And when you can combine all three, when you can have a great match without doing stupid stuff, and that's. You know, at TakeOver, that's one of the things I really liked about Velveteen Dream and EC3. A lot of people, that was their least favorite match on the show. But I liked that they didn't do any crazy stuff, that mm-hmm. it was a basic match. It's not all these near near falls. I, I challenge wrestlers nowadays to do a great match that will get over with fans, that you don't have a ton of kickouts of each other's finishers and, and near falls. And if you can uh, still get the crowd into it. Because like, if you can, then you're a good storyteller. I, I go think... back to, real quick, I go back to, uh, since, since WrestleMania 18 is the theme of the show, I go back to Rock Hogan, yeah. and it's like they the, the biggest pop of WrestleMania 18 was Rock and Hogan standing face to face, and them looking both at the crowd. Yeah. That was the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> had nothing to do with V triggers. Had nothing to do with uh, One Wing Angels, which Jericho said he'll never take another one because it was it, it was terrible in his neck. And like, yes, th- yes, this wrestling, yes, this show is is historical it was it was great to to watch but i i think that the bar is starting to go get so high and start to get higher and higher and higher as far as the standard of a a quote-unquote good match that people just going people at this point is going to have to kill themselves almost kill themselves for people to say that was that was good a good match it wasn't great but it it was good i mean you someone almost broke their neck look at uh um Junior, the junior champion against uh, uh, Dragon Lee, you know, he, Takahashi. He, right, Takahashi. Broke, yeah, broke his neck. Yeah, Takahashi broke his neck. You know what I mean? It's like ah, man, you, you, that shouldn't be the standard of a good match nowadays. Because you know where it's going to go think, next. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jesse. It's, I, I want to really back a little bit because it's not fair to compare guys like The Rock and Hogan, who right. are icons, who in yep. the like the 
not everyone is going to have the charisma of the rock as a matter of fact nobody is he's the rock that's why who he is i think it's a little unfair to be like take, it didn't that's, take why, that's why i said velveteen dream and ec3 yeah that's fine but velveteen dream's taking a lot of risks too he, he did wrestle a sim he wrestled a safer match at takeover but he's been He's taken some bumps. Everyone has to take big bumps from time to time. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I do and think I'm not against big bumps. I'm just dialogue. when you're doing like six V triggers in a match. Yeah, you know it, it makes so when you do six V triggers in a match, that means that move doesn't hurt that much. If you get you have to do that many, yeah, and like the guy the is still not out, right? Kind of like the Superman punch. <laughs> yeah, but the Superman punch, it, it, the V trigger looks d looks dangerous. Like it yeah. looks like it would knock you out, right? So when you yeah. the Superman punch does it. Um, so but I think, both, we, but they both generate a reaction. Like, yeah, but I think this you should protect something like the V trigger, which is more athletic and and more high impact. Well, yeah, nobody. That's what, that's nobody what I'm trying to say. Nobody protects his moves more than Kenny because no one's kicked out of the one wing angel. Yes, no one ever. And, and that that is part perfect. of that's a huge part of everything. And probably maybe. We're getting off topic, but real quick, my, probably my favorite Kenny Omega Okada match was the first one they had at the Tokyo Dome. And the reason was that because the only finisher, they only hit two finishers. Okada hit one Rainmaker that Omega kicked out of, and then he hit a second Rainmaker that Omega didn't kick out of. And that was it. And that was 50 minutes. So they protect their finishers, mm -hmm. but they do these moves that look You're like right. they could kill you. Kenny does a, a lot of like jumping tombstones. I agree. That looks so devastating. And then when you just kick out right away, it's like, okay, then it wasn't really that devastating. I agree. But that's how wrestling works is that yeah. over time, over Not time, stuff that used to be huge moves becomes routine. Everyone does a super kick now, right? Yeah. You know? But. You can take it back too, like you. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, super kicks, DDTs have been, mm -hmm. you know, same thing. Yeah. Power bombs. Yeah, the, 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 what used to be a finisher no longer is, but now you can take an arm bar and that's a finisher now, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just reprogramming the audience because an arm yeah, bar right. doesn't look all that crazier like a crazy finisher, mm -hmm. but you know, you do it yeah, right. If you train the audience, they will. Marty Scurll got the chick crossface chicken wing over as a finisher. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and like with Pentagon real quick, you know, like one thing I didn't like, and, and both of y'all are making some really good points. One thing that I didn't like is the fact that he did his arm breaking deal and Omega within like 30 seconds brushed it off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like in, in Lucha, like when he would do that in Lucha, like they would sell the mess out of it. Like he's quote unquote breaking their arm. And Omega got right back up, did a couple more V triggers and <laughs> one wing angel. And I'm like, okay, so he just he just yeah, killed. He, he, was sell, he was selling it at the end. He was selling it Bare, barely. Moment. But he but, but when he did the V triggers and the one wing angel, he barely sold it. And it's yeah. like, I thought your arm was supposed to be broke. Yeah, so I, that's wrestling again, though. That's wrestling. That's Seth Rollins, whose knee is, is screwed up, and then he's doing five suicide dives in a right. row. And um, you know, Kurt Angle is breaking guy breaking guys' ankles, and those guys are still wrestling matches. It's just, it's yeah. just that's wrestling. I mean, I agree though. It is kind of annoying. It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okada and Squirrel, just real quick thoughts to Jesse on how you thought about that. We kind of merged both of those matches together as far as two of the best. Wait, 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 wait. let's talk about Jericho. Okay, Jericho yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, lights went out, and uh, it's funny how Ian Riccoboni and uh, Don Callis played on. Uh, they didn't pay. They probably didn't play their light bill. It's the first all in. Oh, that was so annoying. Well. 
thought they, it was so annoying. They, 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 I thought it was, I thought it was stupid because I'm like, okay, so that's not real. You wouldn't say that even if that was true. You know what I mean? But, but I, who is the third guy on commentary? Excalibur. Excalibur. Yeah. Excalibur. Yeah. PW Pro Wrestling Gorilla, play-by-play guy. Yep. Um, who, there were times I couldn't tell him and Ian, Ian Rick, 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 Abani Rick apart. And uh, one of them was I th- just irritating the frick out of me this whole show. And uh, anyway, <laughs> and, and during this, like, oh, the lights, went, you know, wrestling fans know. Just, just yeah. shut up when the lights <laughs> go out. We know it's not, you know, right as the finish comes. And the light right. goes out. We know it's not a technical difficulty. Just keep quiet. Uh, let the anticipation build. Instead, you're making it sound like you're being a smartass, not like you legitimately <laughs> think the lights went out, right? Oh, they didn't pay their light bill. Right. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you really think, oh, maybe they didn't pay their light bill. <laughs> there's, like an, there's like an inspector right at the right uh, right outside the door, like, okay, cut it off now. Let's just yeah. ruin the whole show. Yeah, it's just be like, hey, well, oh my gosh, what's happening? You know, like, oh, what's yeah. this? Right. That's better. And that's why Don Callis. This is the first time we're doing this. Lights might go out. (laughs) That's why Don Callis. That's why I like Don Callis so much because he was talking about this on his podcast. Like he was upset that um, I forgot who was it that was commentating with him. He said that uh, you should look at the uh, monitor as if you know nothing of what's going on. You know what I mean? In the ring. And that's how it, you sell it better as far as the... They were talking about the first time Jericho came to Japan and, and, and attacked Omega. And he was like... And I could tell that he was doing that here, too. But Rick Abani and Excalibur was like... Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Callis was pretty upset about those things. Yeah. Like, why would you throw that line in there? That was stupid, so... But here's the big thing. That was Jericho's first appearance for a wrestling promotion. In the United States, since he left WCW in, was it 99? July 99. Yeah, 99. Yep. So Jericho, you know, he previously said he'd never uh, work for a company in the U.S. without, you know, that wasn't WWE. Now he's going back on it. And tonight he, he made an appearance. And I think, you know, Impact, their ratings are really have just been dying. Um and they're gonna. I think they're gonna get worse starting next week once the uh, NFL the, the regular season starts. They need a real star, mm-hmm. and by real star, I don't mean Aries or someone that's wrestled on the WWE on a WWE pre-show or you know. They need a Randy Orton. They need a guy that's headlined one guy, not a bunch of guys where that, that's all you got on top, but one guy to bring some audience in and you yeah. build new stars around it because you're getting all these new guys in that no one knows and. And, and it's just not working. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So uh, yeah, someone I, pointing I, out all in isn't a company. That is true. But he he, he said he wouldn't do it for uh, a, for a wrestling. He wouldn't be in a wrestling show in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in hindsight, he clearly said that as a way to make fans think that he wasn't going to be at all in. Oh, no, no, yeah, he's been, been saying, saying that for way years. before that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been yeah. saying that for years. Yeah. Um, I figured that it was to promote the Jericho cruise. I was like, I'm waiting for the Jericho pl- cruise plug, and he did it at the end. So I said, okay, so this yeah. all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he still made the appearance. It was still shocking, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Okada and Squirrel, just quick thoughts. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about this match? Um, we both we all kind of shared about what we thought. You have any additional I liked thoughts it. on this match? I liked it. I think the whole point of you know what the young bucks and Cody talked about of all in was putting on matches that you wouldn't see anywhere else. 
which you which is this match because New Japan doesn't book heavyweights versus junior heavyweights in singles matches. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had a really good match. I thought they told a nice story with Marty trying to prove himself against the measuring stick in New Japan as far as the heavyweight division is concerned in Okada. Both guys were over. And I thought, um, you know, fans might be disappointed. I heard fans being disappointed in the card being announced that they weren't getting like an IWGP heavyweight championship defense and they weren't getting uh, Okada versus Omega 5 or anything like that. But in some ways they got a match that was more unique than any of that. And that's a match like Okada and Skrull. And they did a great job. And mm-hmm. I think Skrull would make a great heavyweight, but I knew that beforehand. I love, uh, last note, I love Marty's entrance. I think it, it, he looks like a total superstar when he comes out, when the fans are cheering for him and he has the costume and the, and the dark lights and all that thing like that. I think it's probably my favorite entrance, um, uh, like on the independence right now, or alternative wrestling. <laughs> Marty, I, I like this match a lot. I thought it was great. Um, I look at Marty Skrull and I see a guy who could be a superstar in WWE if he was like a foot taller. And that's the problem. He carries himself like a superstar. He he talks. He's got the poise. He's got everything. But you, we know how WWE is. And, uh, and I just, he would be, you know, uh, he'd be, he's the same size as a lot of guys on 205 Live. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd just be so limited there. I think he's so good here. I loved him in this match. Uh, I love what he's doing in New Japan and ROH. Um, I, I, he's one guy I don't want to see go to WWE because I think they'd misuse him because I think he's got a ton of charisma, um, and and he's great. I, I, and Okada is a great wrestler. Obviously, that's you know the most understated thing to say, but. Um, I felt Skrull felt more like a star in this match in the ring. He just felt like he had more charisma. Um, yeah, I'm, Everyone, I'm just I'm a big fan. This but, is the, this is the testament to Okada's how good Okada is. Everyone has their best match when they're working with him. Everyone looks better when they're working with him. And you know, you hear that when he was working with Omega, when he's working with Naito, when he's working with Tanahashi, when he's working with anyone. And he's a lot like Bret Hart in that regard. That it's funny that everyone seems to have their best match with him and everyone after the matches, everyone's talking about the other guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Okada has been my favorite wrestler in Japan for, for quite some time. I'm a big fan of Okada. I think he's fantastic. So um, this, this match didn't prove, <laughs> didn't prove me wrong for sure. So I, th- I thought it was fantastic. So on both, on both ends. All right. So the main event was the golden elite versus Mysterio bandito and Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix just uh, recently won the uh, Mega Championship over at AAA, so that was the belt that he was carrying. Um, uh, Roz, what are your what are your thoughts on this six man? It felt like he never got a chance to get going. I think they were really hurt for time. Um, I was getting into it, and then it was like, boom, it's over, you know. Um, but uh, you know, uh, so you can't go wrong with these guys. I mean, they're ultra talented. The Young Bucks are, uh, you know, they do some amazing stuff. Ray is Ray. Um, you know, when I started wrestling Inc in 97, Ray was the reason a couple of my friends got into wrestling, uh, hmm. because they loved the stuff he was doing, how innovative it was and stuff they had never, you know, never seen before there. So they were into that way more than the NWO and, and all that other stuff. So they'd watch the cruiserweight stuff and then kind of, you know, leave or tune out. Hmm. And it's funny seeing that back then and we'd have these raw nitro parties and and they would come over and kind of leave after the cruiserweights were on and here we are 21 years later and he's in the main event of you know the biggest independent show ever 
<laughs> so it's Ray's a legend. It's a testament to he I sometimes feel like he doesn't necessarily always get the respect he deserves online at least. He always gets big pops at the shows and everything. But uh dude's a legend and and uh so I, I liked it. It was just very rushed and, and the, the ending came way too quick. So I think it could have been match of the night if they had more time. Jesse? Yeah, you could actually hear, I think it was 10, 1053 uh, Eastern time when I heard over the over the announce, like you could hear over the announcer saying like, we got to go home, we got to go home. And I was like, oh man, they got to rush this. Yeah. Fortunately, the kind of match they're doing was a Lucha Libre tons of spots match where you could actually rush through it as opposed to like a longer drawn out story. But yeah, the finish, not as much as the finish being rushed, but just like the pin and then we're off the air. And then, you know, Ian Rakabani was still trying to talk. Yeah, while, like, like, the logo was playing. Yeah, that's problem. <laughs> it was a really good match. Ray is a legend. I, Ray looked really good, which I'm really impressed by considering how long he's been wrestling, how old he is, how many knee surgeries he's had. He still can move well. You know, he's working with guys who are in the prime of their careers that are unbelievably athletic in the ring and, you know, some of the best high flyers in the world. And he doesn't, it's never like, oh, the old guy's getting in. It's like, oh man, Ray Mysterio can still really go. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a great opportunity for Bandito, who most people probably don't know. And similar to Joey Janela, this was his first real you know, widely seen match probably in the United States to a degree. He's a really big talent. So I think getting in the main event with, with all these guys was a big deal for him and the match was good, but yeah, it was rushed. And that's the irony in this whole thing was that the young bucks and Cody had said previously that they didn't want to book a lot of guys, you know, they wanted to book everyone they knew obviously, but they couldn't because they wanted to make sure everyone had enough time to do their match and everyone else on the show did have enough time to do their match. The unfortunate side was by the time the young bucks were on the show, they were running out of time and they didn't have enough time to do their match. So that's kind of too bad. But overall I thought it was a good show and it wasn't like the main event was disappointing. It was just, it could have been really, really great. We just got a a good match. One thing we got to talk about, we got to go back and real quick and talk about the the penis thing with Joey Ryan. (laughs) We forget. We we've totally skipped over that, but uh, Chris, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought it, I, it was a good match. I still didn't think it was main event. Uh, I, to me, you know, like I said, I'm old school. I want the NWA champion. What this, what this entire event is surrounded around Cody, Nick Aldis. Let it be the end. Let Cody celebrate at the end, and that be the send off. I mean, that that was that would have been my preference. And I think the fact that it was a hard cut after after the finish, just you know, yeah, you know, I, I rather saw. I, I would have rather seen a hard cut with Cody celebrating than this match. So, but you know the match quality was good. Uh, I think uh, he, I think it was a, a really good match. I love seeing Kota Ibushi in the ring. I think he's fantastic. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so Raj, what are your thoughts on the Joey Janelle uh, on the Joey Ryan spots um, that I so uh, accidentally skipped? <laughs> it was. Uh... It was, it worked for this audience. I thought it, it was kind of cute, like the doing the little Undertaker uh, spoof, except you had people dressed up like giant penises. So it was kind of, it was amusing. It was kind of funny. We we didn't talk about it, right? Or am I forgetting? Did we talk no, about we, it? We didn't. No. Okay. Um, so I thought it was kind of funny, but it was also, you know, kind of stupid. Like it was one of those things. I'm glad no friends or wives or kids walked in during that. Yeah, part. we did mention that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's completely absurd. I thought it was a little much, and I like the angle. So, um, you know, that is what it is. I'm glad no one came in and asked because there's no way I could, like, 
oh no, this is fine. And then have to explain like the 50 minute long <laughs> speech about the storyline and how wacky it is. Uh, it almost seems like something you'd be like, like it's almost like an inside joke. Like, uh, you know, the young bucks and Cody are probably laughing like, Oh, we got those guys dressed up as penises and we got it on pay-per-view. Ah. And it just, you know, it was fine. Joey Ryan's return got a big pop. You knew, I knew Joey Ryan had to show up on the show at, at some point. So you might as well do it like that. Uh, he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a great gimmick. So, you know, you knew he wasn't dead. Yeah. I knew he wasn't dead. Mm. There was some dramatic Joey, irony in there. The Joey Ryan never really connected with me, though. Honestly, I, I just from a personal standpoint, I've, I've the the whole Joey Ryan gimmick never connected with me. So, and I know I know other wrestlers that don't they they hate it. Like I know WWE wrestlers that, that hate it, and uh, I can see why because. Uh, you know, it's 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 a very nit it's a very niche gimmick, <laughs> and so yeah. it's like a it's like a attitude era opening match kind of gimmick. But it's yeah. I, I I get a kick out of it. I like Joey Ryan, but it's also nothing you take seriously, and it's not someone I want to see in a main event or I care to see wrestle. But if it's on the show, I don't mind it. Right? I'm not a huge fan of the gimmick. I respect Joey a lot just because you know. Joey's not the biggest guy. He doesn't have the best physique. He's not, you know, the most athletic guy. You do what you do to make money and make your money in this profession. And if that is finding this gimmick and doing that well, and you can get a solid payday working, you know, in DDT in Japan and working in the U.S. independence, then, you know, credit to him for, for, for working hard and getting that over. Um, you know, he's doing the best he can. And, you know, the gimmick's definitely not for everyone, but for people who like it, it's it's a hit. I mean... He's definitely turned lemons into lemonade. That's for sure with with this gimmick, and uh, he's 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 making a good living. Uh, you know, um, putting over his genitalia. So uh, not a lot of people can say that. So <laughs> so yeah. you know, kudos to him when it comes to that. So any other quick notes, Raj? Uh, no, I, I again, I think it's uh, just looking at it as a show, not the best thing in the world, but for what it actually is, a, a historic event. If you went in not expecting Neville and CM Punk and all that stuff. It was a really fun show that catered to the audience. It was for, it was like I said, like ECW one night stand was a kind of like a, kind of like a gift to ECW fans. I felt like this was a gift to alternative fans. So I thought it was a big success. I, I, I enjoyed it. I would not watch it again, but uh, it was a good show. Jesse. I think the big question afterwards is what comes next. Or is there going to be an all-in two? I think there almost has to be because anytime anything is successful in wrestling, there is another one. Uh, and you could argue that the MSG show is basically all-in two because it's drawing from the same fan base. And can they get ten thousand fans again? Can they get um, you know in a different market? Well, you know this was a huge fly-in show, so are they going to get ten thousand people to fly in? to you know another show or is this kind of like we had to be here because this was the first one and it's going to be harder to sell the second one and the third one and you know it would be it's going to be really interesting to see what the viewership was on wgn america for the pre-show and see what that was it'll be interesting to see how many pay-per-view buys they do because if those do a decent rating i mean we're in the era of where you get a ton of money for producing content on television and if you can deliver a steady audience you can get a lot of money through a television contract obviously they wouldn't get wwe money or anything like that but a smaller network that could throw some money around could turn you know this could turn into something bigger than just a a one night kind of special show well yeah and a couple things to that again their contracts are up soon so obviously uh, WWE signing Cody and the Young Bucks really, you know, that would uh, 
pretty much kill an all in two unless someone else decided yeah, to take it, that up. That, and that's that's the big question is who they're going to sign. I don't think they're going to sign, but that's just totally my opinion. But you know that will be the the big thing is how much did all in and how much did the MSG sell out make WWE mad and did it make them mad enough to be like, well, we're just going to buy their stars. Yeah, because their stars. Do you take away Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, and that hurts that ROH MSG oh, show a that lot. Would, that would hurt. Well, the tickets are already sold, so yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean from a uh, from a, a business standpoint. Yes, the tickets yeah. are sold out. I it mean would, from a buzz standpoint. It would really yeah. hurt ROH in general in yeah. running shows. That would be. It would be a killer for them. New Japan. They're always going to be successful domestically. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it would hurt them in a, their expansion expansion in America too. Real yeah. quick, I think you got to factor in Starcast too, because I think as far as I remember, Conrad was talking about how um, he doesn't plan on doing another one uh, because it took too much work. So yeah, I we'll think, see. We'll see about that. Think, yeah, if if he doesn't though, I think I think that hurts it a lot because it, it's an experience. I think the whole weekend, as opposed to just having a one night show. I think that would hurt a lot too. I will say that turned into the most impressive thing about this show, uh, more so than just the instant sellout, was how big it seemed to be with the multiple day convention and mm-hmm. a lot of mainstream media covering it. You know, Sports Illustrated was covering it, Bleacher Report was covering it, and maybe those companies don't cover something if it's not that big of a deal. So I think mm-hmm. that helped legitimize this a lot more than just you know a thing for indie fans. Now I think we've seen with New Japan. When they return to Long Beach, uh, and and right now when they're going back again for the show in end of October, yeah, um, it's not an instant sellout. Um, mm-hmm. You know they're not sold out. Whereas the first time they went, they sold out quick. Mm-hmm. So there is yeah. that first time people want to go, they want to see it. Yeah. Uh, when you go back a couple times, who knows? Second time, if they do it somewhere else, maybe it'll still be very successful. But there is that thing with being the first, the first time it feels special and people want to just be a part of it even though they didn't know a single match when they were buying those tickets right it it talks about you know it's it's talking about the difference between having ten thousand fans in america that are willing to fly in for one show and being able to do ten thousand fans locally which is what wwe does for their big shows yeah it's you know wwe can't be like oh we got eighty thousand people for wrestlemania so we should just do this every week (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah yeah what grade would you give it, Raj? Oh man, it depends. Uh, for what it was, for the fan base it was serving, I'd give it an A. For myself personally, uh, I'd give it a, a, a B minus. It was a fun show, but it wasn't anything great. Uh, I thought until the last hour and fifteen minutes it was pretty skippable. Um, so yeah, but I thought the last, uh, especially uh, the uh, Omega, uh, the Omega match. And I really like the Okada scroll match too. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I give it an A minus. I think overall, it's one of the better wrestling shows I've seen this year. I think it was a big success as far as satisfying the hardcore fans who watched the program. Um, if you were a casual fan, you might have a you know you didn't you weren't familiar with all of the storylines going into it, and you didn't know a lot of the wrestlers. It probably wouldn't have rated that highly. But I think overall, there's there's no way to look at this other than that it was a really big success for the people involved. So it's hard for me to really give it anything less than an A. Yeah, I, th- I would give so it an A gamble. for the fan standpoint as well. For me, I would say a B minus, probably because it was better than my expectations. I didn't, I didn't expect very high for this. Honestly, I knew there was going to be a good show. I knew it was going to be a success. Um, but I, 
personally, I didn't have a huge expectation, mm-hmm. so it, it exceeded my expectation. So I got to give get, give them kudos for that. So absolutely. All right. So real quick, uh, before we go, plug your column, uh, Jesse, and uh, we'll ride on in sunset. Yep, I got views from the turnbuckle. It comes out pretty much every Friday on Wrestling Inc. Friday mornings, and I do reviews for the pay per views that come out as soon as the pay per view ends. I actually have one for All In that's going to be up online 15 minutes from now, so you can check that out over at WrestlingInc.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Collings, J E S S E C O L L I N G S. And we got the big man Raj interviewing Ric Flair. Woo. And uh, <laughs> gotta let the uh, let the listeners know all your uh, you had a couple big ones recently, didn't you? Yeah, so the Flair interview is all up. Uh, that was forty minutes. It was on the one year anniversary of his health scare, so that was kind of a a big deal. Um, you know, someone I grew up you know idolizing, and to be able to talk to him on you know interview him on that day on that, especially because you know I've spoken with him in the past, but for that it was I don't know it was just kind of special to do it that day. So that was really cool. Um, and then yeah, Cody, and we got tons of other interviews and uh, stuff coming up. So yeah, keep 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 peeled onto this website. And of course, uh, pancakes and power slams every Tuesday night. Uh, I'm actually uh, I'm, when you go to the description, it's actually time stamped. Uh, so all of the times uh, of everything we talk about is time stamped in the description. So if you're on a computer, just click on the time. If whatever subject you want to uh, know about specifically, just go there and it'll, it'll pop up. So an- another fun feature here, right here, the wrestling and YouTube page. So interviewed Colonel Robert Parker this week, last week, interviewed Jeff Jarrett. So, um, interviews every week and we have a lot of fun on the show and i'm sure a lot of people in the chat are uh, either saying uh, hashtag ax chris or uh, uh giving pnp some love so uh, appreciate everybody uh, uh for all you wonderful fans uh so ladies and gentlemen this is the post all in podcast for wrestling inc i am chris featherstone on behalf of ross geary and jesse collings it's been fun ladies and gentlemen we'll see you soon so long <laughs>